0: On front page with me, I've got our veteran newsman, seasoned newsman, um, Dr. Wong Sai Wan, editor-in-chief of the Malay Mail, as well as Terence Fernandez, media practitioner and veteran journalist. Good morning, guys. Good morning, morning, morning Chas. Morning, now the big question we're looking at is, are we ready for an aging Malaysia? Um, I guess we're well on our way to becoming an aging society by 2030. It's projected that 15% of our population will be 60 years old and above. So there is a policy in place um, uh, since 2011, I believe. And uh, Dr. Lukman Hakim Sulaiman, a public health expert, um, has said that we need to determine a framework for the elderly. Um, if there's already a policy, why this inconsistency in matters? My beef
1: with this whole discussion about the ageing population is that the discussion is very one dimensional. It's about the physical well being of our golden boys and golden girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, no one talks Thank about. Thank you, Terrence. <laughs> yeah, most <of> <laughs> I go first, you know, because it's beauty for age. Yeah. <laughs> so no one talks about ensuring these valuable resources can still contribute mm. to the country if they want to. And the discussion should include extending retirement age, allowing them to return to the workforce for their experience. So that we can benefit from their experience. But if you're looking at talking about taking care of our ageing population, you know, many countries uh, in the West, they incorporate age care in their national service. And uh, that's something that we can look into over here. Yeah.
0: All right, your thoughts, Iwan?
2: We need to get our act together. Mm-hmm. What is retirement age? The golden age? When I was your age, the past was for people 55 and above. Mm. Mm. Now 60. It, no.
0: So do you th- feel that uh, you know delaying the retirement age is a good thing? What are your I I,
2: I I'm quite okay with it whether they change or don't change. Right. But when they change, they must consider the consequences.
0: Mm. Okay. Right. What, what what would you consider a senior then? A senior citizen.
2: Someone who's retired. 94. Okay.
0: 94. <laughs> <laughs> Going, <Terrence>. 95. <laughs> <laughs> Going 95. Going <laughs> 95. Right. Uh talk about the corporate sector what can they do companies do to contribute those in that age bracket because you know even in your 40s and 50s kind of getting long in the tooth Mm. for certain companies and industries
2: this is my 35th year of work Yeah, and I can't wait to retire Mm. okay and I look at your young producers outside the studio Mm -hmm. uh, they're in their 20s people like me hang around any much longer where's the space for them people like us should graciously step aside and allow the young to take over so that the country can renew. Stop extending the retirement age indefinitely.
0: But like you said earlier, Terrence, mm. um, you know, with regards to what Sai Wan's saying, there, we still have a lot to contribute.
1: But mm. that is the option that should be given to right. yeah. uh, our senior citizens, our silverhead uncles and aunties, that if they want to continue, they can and corporate Malaysia they do some, some companies do recognise the value of experience and uh, they hire people well be, be, uh, beyond their 60s on con- contract whether it's a one year contract uh, on a on, uh, any I mean 60s. this
2: gig this gig economy mm. is yeah. perfectly made for mm. us older folks uh, by the way uh I got more black hair than Terence <laughs> <laughs> He does actually <laughs> 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 Alright
0: okay. The Ministry of Education has become mm. the first ministry to present its report card for year 2019 And uh, Dr. Masli Mali. Uh, well, I guess his report card is 40 pages long And uh, it's glowing since he wrote it himself mm. But what do you both think about his ministry's performance? Saiwan?
2: Uh, somewhere between a, a D and a e.
0: Wow! Wow, okay. <laughs> okay
2: He didn't fail I I like his sense of humour when he said that Black Shoe featured very prominently in his report card. But seriously, if, if we look at it, this is a forgettable year for the Education Ministry. I don't think in terms of achievement, he's done much. Or people remember the ministry for all the wrong reasons. Yep, that's right. Uh, I, I'm sure they did a lot of things in the background. I think that is their biggest problem. They don't seem to be able to communicate what they've done. There are some people who try to help them by, for example, the Jawi and card. It's three pages it mentions nothing about religion. It is just how to write Malaysia in Jawi. He did nothing to to allay the fears of the non-Muslims. I think that was almost an F. I mean, he did nothing. But actually, if you look at the, the, the syllabus itself, it's actually quite harmless. Was he trying not to allay? Was it purposely done? No. But I think in terms of achievement, the universities have done very well. I mean, we must look at the ministry as a whole and it's unfair to tie it 100% to... Uh, I don't think any ministry report should be tied 100% to the minister Minister, unless the minister failed. A lot lot of people (laughs) will say he did, but I don't think so. I I, I, I know Musli tried very hard, but at the end of the day, I think communication is his biggest problem.
0: Uh, Indeed. Uh, What are your thoughts, Terrence?
1: I agree completely with Sifu here. With uh, regards to communications, I I would give the Ministry of Education an F. <laughs> Dr. Masli has gone through at least three senior communications people including press secretaries and even uh, communications head of the ministry's comms, comms unit right.
0: When and you say he's gone through three I mean he's He's exact exact three He's mm. three Okay
1: For In the case of The removal of the Last guy Which was the Head of uh, communications For the ministry eh? Not the minister Head of communications For the ministry Was for A frivolous reason For not producing Enough videos uh, Uh. During the festive season To promote uh, The minister As in the ministry
0: Okay Okay
1: So he was told to go if you look at the report card, there are a lot of good things, and there are certain things. I'm to be honest to you, I'm I'm looking at it for the for the first time. Mm-hmm. But people only remember black shoes, swimming lessons, card. The ill-conceived breakfast program and the controversy over presidency of the International Islamic mm-hmm. University that flies in the face of uh, of the promise of encouraging uh, autonomy, public uh, institutions of higher learning. But there are some good things in there, like for example, the I would think the abolishing of exams at the primary school level, right, and also in terms of doing away with science and art streams and allowing mm-hmm. students to pick and choose their their subjects because you know the perception is that if not if you didn't do well enough then you go to arts. But
2: but you see, my my problem Mm. with the report card is this. I remember when I was in school, my report card had the good reports Mm. and the bad reports as well. Yes, yes. This report Mm. card ignored everything that was even C. Well, this was a self-assessment, so
1: it's up to the, so it's down, down to us, the public, to actually be have the that, the yeah. final say how how he did. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, the cabinet uh, has agreed in principle to establish the Malaysian Media Council, says Deputy Communications and Multimedia Minister Edin Shazli Shith. Uh, why the need for a separate council when we already have MCMC in place? Okay, first, I, I want to go, go. <laughs> this one. peef
2: with the Pakatan Harapan <laughs> government. One of the principal things in the manifesto was to get rid of repressive laws. Mm. The Printing and Presses Act was one of those that were mentioned and should have been gotten rid of. And the reason behind the council was that if we get rid of all these laws, therefore there must be someone who would monitor the media. MCMC is a commission for the electronic media. They cannot tell the printed media anything. Right. That comes under the Home Ministry. The Home Ministry, it comes under the Quran and Publication Unit. That speaks a lot for how much attention they pay to it. My big is all those repressive laws against journalism, against publication, against the right to ask questions are still there. Everything from the Sedition Act right until the licensing of newspapers and TV stations and radio stations and very soon websites. All this should be gotten rid of if they wanted a media council. Based on that alone, I have refused to have anything to do with the formation of media council because to me, get rid of the laws first start the process, then we can discuss Mm. what is needed. If I hear correctly, the Media Council is something a toss between the British Media Council and the Australian Media Council, which is totally different. The Australian Media Council is able to punish, Mm. is able to reprimand, whereas the British Council just gives a public reprimand, Mm. there is no penalty. Look, if I'm going to run a story, In a newspaper, in a printed newspaper, that will be sensational, uh, which the British press usually do. Mm. And you just get scolded, slap on the wrist. But meanwhile, I've sold 5 million newspapers. Mm. I am willing to be slapped on the wrist 10 times Mm. for Mm. 5 million sales.
1: Okay, your thoughts, Terence? This discussion about the... uh, formation of the Media Council was mooted about 15 years ago and there was a lot of opposition to it because the composition of the Media Council at that point in time happened to be representatives from (coughs) government-friendly media organisations. Which is why even until today, there seems to be more enthusiasm over the formation of the Media Council by the government (laughs) than media practitioners themselves. I would say
2: certain people in the government (laughs) and not necessarily...
1: Elected Elected, mm. yes uh, And the emphasis on the formation of the Media Council Seems to be more uh, protecting members of the public Or people who may be aggrieved from right. news reports Than media organisations themselves And just like uh, what uh, Saiwan uh, mentioned Get rid of repressive laws first Because there are over 30 uh, laws That impinge on media freedoms at the moment Datuk Wong has uh, mentioned a few of them And there doesn't seem to be any commitment Or sincerity from the Pakatan Harapan government to get rid
2: of this loss. okay, They will not get an inch of hmm. effort from me on the formation of this council.
0: All right. Well, those strong words indeed and a strong stance from Dr. Ong Sai Wan. Deputy Health Minister Dr. Lee Bunchai has ruled out making vaccination programs compulsory despite the re-emergence of the polio virus in Sabah. Recently, he says alternative measures like education and awareness programs have been fruitful. So, as Deputy Health Minister, should Dr. Lee be saying this, especially given the resurgence of polio after 27 years, you know, um, having lain dormant? Mm. Your thoughts, well, Terrence? Is,
1: is the good doctor uh, closet anti-vaxxer. Well, it it is not compulsory, but most schools kind of make it compulsory for you to
0: enroll to yeah.
1: before you before you enroll. Uh, yes, I think awareness and education of parents on the need for vaccination has not been very widespread or successful in that, in mm-hmm. that matter. This is something extremely serious. You know, if you're talking about the resurgence of polio, for instance. Treating, treating it with kids' gloves, velvet gloves, uh, I think is very irresponsible. Many parents are unaware, uh, but I think they need to be educated as to why you need, need to vaccinate. Mm-hmm. Many uh, of them use um, the reasons of cultural and religious uh, reasons to... Prevent the children From getting vaccinated mm-hmm. And The moment you mention Something about religion You bring religion Into the e- equation Zorro- The The resistance The, the officials the, the, And the officials Just take a, take a step back And don't take the Edit effort To educate And tell no Why you need need yeah. To vaccinate Especially in this In our society mm-hmm. Where sometimes You need to be Dragged to the water you know,
0: My personal thought is uh, Education and awareness mm-hmm. Is important But you know what Enforcement, Enforcement. is As yes. well Saiwan, You have any thoughts On this
2: Last year, 20 million kids were not vaccinated in the world. I just imagine if it's like polio that's happening now. 20 million, I think the the transfer rate would be 10 times. We'll have 200 million if there's an outbreak. What are the health authorities thinking when they said it is not necessary to make it compulsory? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. Uh, they don't have enough money to pay for it, is it? I don't know. I mean, that, if you look at the Deputy Minister's statement, it's... Uh, it's a very wishy washy thing. Yeah. He doesn't really say why they're not gonna make it compulsory. for Favorite one I've seen is always religious. I think I think this is this is one of the few issues where various religions agree that vaccination may not be according to our religion. I mean for heaven's sake, can they please make it compulsory? Is it because parents can't stand the kids being stabbed in needles? It's not mm. even a jab. Right. Mm.
0: Okay. You know? Now, you know, if we were to make vaccinations compulsory, how do we even enforce and implement that rule? Terence, any thoughts on that? Uh, implement laws. But we have an enforcement issue. We have an enforcement uh, yeah. Of course, we have an enforcement no, issue. I mean,
2: it's very simple. Yeah. We are a country of certificate and cards. You can't go to school if you're not vaccinated. You can't get your, your My Kid IC if you're not vaccinated.
1: So yeah, there are many ways and means to get it done. So just get it done. Lah. Yeah. And and if religion is an issue, go and talk to the Islamic authorities, the, the, the Christian groups, the Buddhist groups, the Hindu groups. Mm.
0: Okay. Pahang PKR are urging for the PM transition of power by May 2020. However, our Prime Minister, Tun, Dr. Mother Muhammad said he will not be handing over power to his successor before the APEC summit in November. And uh, I'm just curious, uh, why is this APEC summit um, so important to Tun? Uh, Terence?
1: Well, it's his last chance to grandstand, right? But, and, but APEC as an organisation in its own, it's not very effective. It's a high-level talk shop, junket, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. golf game. But contrary to what Toon said, APEC would be the perfect Platform to introduce the new the new Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. He, you've got his counterparts from 21 countries there, mm-hmm. and we are hosting it. So, Tun hasn't been able to explain why he should stay on beyond uh, APEC. I mean, the last time he hosted APEC was in 1998. In, uh, and it was disastrous. And it was disa- disastrous. So, I don't see why, or what, what Tun wants
2: to achieve by being there till then.
0: All yeah. right. Your thoughts, no,
2: For me, it's not about APEC, it's not about Moscow by me. It is this uncertainty that Hmm. has been created in this country. Investors from overseas, businessmen locally, Mm -hmm. everyone is holding their breath Hmm. to say, okay, this is certain, we'll go. Why must he put APEC on November as a deadline? Most people who organize APEC praise and hope that the US president will come, okay? Because that brings attention, world media attention to it. I'm sorry. Next year, November 4th, is presidential elections. We do not know whether Trump will win or lose or get impeached or whatever. He's still president until February. If he comes, I doubt he will because APEC is from November 5th. Yeah,
0: they're Hmm. busy. He's busy.
2: Either celebrating or crying. And even if he comes and he lost, what sort of welcome are you going to give an outgoing president of the United States? APEC has had been a disaster for every host except for the first one. In fact, it was not very good because soon after APEC in Bandung, Suharto was thrown out. Hmm. Okay, so I I don't know why he wants to measure APEC. There are many multilateral organizations where Malaysia's voice can be heard. Many of them have lost their luster because TUN no longer goes to these meetings. Heaven's sake, if you want to go and put across your international viewpoint, the G20, the G60, the Southern African International Dialogues, all these are available and they are his audiences. Not APEC. APEC is top shop, shake hands. And uh, if the American and China trade war is still in existence in November next year, it will dominate the headlines regardless of what Tun has to say. But on top of all that, can't they see uh, well I, I'm sure he sees it, but the uncertainty in this country everyone uh, I, I I think that this Christmas the spending will be low mm. come Chinese Year, the spending below not because people don't have money people are just putting it aside in case, in case yeah. this country needs people to spend mm-hmm. you know if we want to be independent and self-reliant. And if you create a situation whereby people do not have confidence, then we are in trouble as a country.
0: Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me this morning on thank you, Front Page. Happy holidays to all.
1: Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: All right. And, of course, that was the Wong Sai Wan, Editor-in-Chief of the Malay Mail, and Terence Fernandez, Veteran Journalist and Media Practitioner, on the Front Page.